Yo, 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 it's your motherfucking boy, the Mark Rob, aka Sean Matt Love, aka Gordon Darks, aka Pacey Twitter, aka 4 Eye Willie, coming at you with a new slate of deleted scenes. This week's episode of Deleted Scenes is pretty unique. Uh, me and Kat, as always, kind of cover a, a gamut of topics. Uh, in this week's Deleted Scene episode, we cover queer sex in film being more useful than heterosex in film. Also, whenever we recorded our Screen 3 and Screen 4 episode, uh, we kind of questioned the franchise overall uh, before we saw Screen 5. And then the night that we recorded Screen 5, we talked about Scream 6, and if we felt that would uh, possibly be good or not, uh, you can kind of hear our trepidation, um, but uh, even still, uh, I, I definitely still look forward to seeing Scream 6 when it comes out. Also, we kind of talk about uh, good horror versus bad horror, and if horror movies should mirror reality. And to kind of wrap things up, uh, we talk a little bit about what else? The MCU. <laughs> so uh, kick back and enjoy this week's episode. Peace. But I think that if you are like you, you've got to why? Why are you doing what you're doing for any depiction of sex? Because I do feel like so much of this kind of non-consent or non-protected or whatever is just kind of baked into society as normal. Yeah. That you just pay attention. Um, but also the the idea that like. The more you portray something as taboo to teenagers, the more likely they are to do it. Yeah. The more likely you are to portray something as complicated, the more likely they are to talk to a trusted adult. And that's how we get good, safe practices of sex from young people. And that's how we get awesome generations of cool youth who are comfortable with themselves and comfortable with their partners and comfortable with everybody need everybody needs yeah and it's not necessarily in the filmmaker's hands to to do that but how many more rape stories do we need <laughs> yes that is a legitimate question that hollywood needs to answer um you know how many more like just just give me just give me Carol Danvers with lipstick. Give me seriously, she wears lipstick in the comics. Give me a portrayal of a female character who cares about how she looks or if her boyfriend thinks she looks cute without it being portrayed as shallow or stupid. Yeah. Because you can want your partner to think you look cute while still being an incredibly fucking competent human being. <laughs> and I'm tired of, of Hollywood pretending that women have to be the emotional equivalent of block of wood men 
to be valid as strong. Yeah. Especially if the reason they're like that is because a man, man, quote unquote, defiled them or broke them or whatever shitty euphemism you want to use. I'm over it. Let women be women. Women are just as diverse as men. Yeah. And and as as a a person in in queer family, let queer folks be queer folks. Let non-binary folks be non-binary folks. Who is it going to hurt? Think about the legacy that you want to leave. <laughs> Think about how embarrassing it's going to be that we've barely changed the landscape of the male and female lead in cinema in a hundred years. Yeah. They have no shame now. They have no shame. That's the problem. Um, you know, think think about how how generations in the future are gonna study us. Think about how your kids are gonna study us. And you know, at, at the risk of being that person. Uh Part of me feels like I would be way less likely to complain if if certain, uh, let's say, Christian groups complained as hard as they did for the uh, assault of, of minority groups as they did for positive representations of anything besides just straight normal romance. Yeah. Um, I, I, when I say normal, I do mean like plot-wise normal. Not that straight is normal. Um, no, I get you. I don't know. I feel like this episode has turned into kind of more of a rant than I intended it to, and I apologize if you can't salvage much good from this. Oh no, there's uh, there's great in this, so I'll definitely, I'll definitely, I I know what parts I'm going to be leading out the episode with to to get this shit kicked off. But this is a great episode, and it really was about me clearing out the paint because i mean i'm you know actually you know the funny thing is so you brought up the the that you're not necessarily like in this kind of podcast platform like you know the most sexual person or whatever the funny thing is i don't even think that i necessarily am like i in the moment obviously but um like even the kind of conversing about like I'll I'll talk I have no problem with kind of talking about sort of um like when we watch these films and like people that are attractive and like sort of like you know sort of attractive kind of circumstances and stuff like to me I'm I'm totally fine with that but I do think that my perspective does skew I don't believe in normal but it does skew to the what society would uh deem as normal for the most part. So I think that, I mean, you're a woman, and so, and your 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 opinion on these things, primarily, it it when we talk about kind of normalcy and what that means, like it doesn't matter. And so, I, I we both agree that that's total bullshit. And I think there definitely are times to where, you know, given my opinion, that's kind of one thing. But I think for this kind of episode, I think that you getting your shit off is much more vital to the conversation in the grand scheme of like the conversation of how things can be better in cinema. So you did an excellent fucking job. I I guess if we're going to finish on anything, I just, I'm tired, man. 
<laughs> I believe you said that. I believe you said that. I want to like your stupid fucking movie. <laughs> Hilarious. But it's it's hard when you're a dick. You know, the funny thing is, I think if you look at the totality of sex in movies, you probably find that queer cinema, they have they have way better representation of of sex and being like cognizant of these two characters are gonna fuck, but obviously in in them having the sexual experience, the viewer themselves who would likely be queer can extrapolate a lot of positives from what we're actually gonna do. And so for a friend of mine's birthday, we watched Strangers by the Lake, which is a French film. It's very good. Um, but, uh, one of the guys kills his partner, um, because he wants to hook up with somebody else. Um, and then they hook up a lot and it's about the guy trying to figure out if he can actually hook up with the guy that he saw murder his partner. And that movie just, it's, it's dicks everywhere. It is oops, all dicks. Um, but somehow the, the casualness of the sex makes the fact that he continues to get back with this person that directly serves the impact right yeah and the sex is deliberate and thoughtful and don't get me wrong like there were definitely a couple moments where i was like i don't need to watch this but i get (laughs) why it was there yeah and and i think that is a great example of of like those people are hooking up that's what they do they go to this beach and they hook up it's a cruising beach that's what they do and it's fine in no way is that condemned by the movie the only thing that's condemned is maybe cruising with a murderer, but even then, it's kind of not that condemned. Um, it's more just like, have you thought about what you're doing? Um, Hilarious. Yeah, but it it works. High recommendation. You should check that movie out. But like, I put it on the watch list. So there you go. It 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 that sex to the characters doesn't matter, but to the plot matters. If that makes sense. No, I get you. And I guess that's that's kind of what I care about. Man, Desert Hearts. That was a that was a that was a really good movie. And that movie had some it was it was um Desert Hearts is movie about this uh woman who goes to Nevada after after she's divorced from this man and there's a there's a rancher there. I think she's a rancher and she's a uh she's a woman and the whole movie is basically this kind of straight posing woman falling in love uh, with this uh, with a rancher, and that movie is hella sexy. Um, and this is directed by a woman who I'm assuming she's queer, um, but that that movie is actually a really good. I recommend watching that. And that that one that one is a, a no parents watch, FYI. Yeah. It's it's not something that I'm opposed to. I'm aware that I probably seem opposed to it in the past, but I do think that I, I approach it as why is it here? Because no. you yeah. you know me, and you know that if if we could make a movie ten minutes shorter by cutting some of the superfluous bullshit. Oh man, you know what movie? I think you would, I think you would dig this movie. I don't think it's like a four. I think it's like a three and a half movie. It's this movie called Splendor, and it's about this um this like 
polyamorous couple. And I don't know, I don't know if it's, it's three people, it's two guys and one girl. And it's like super candy coated and it's like camp. Um, but it's like super like indie. Um, it came out in 99. So it has like a lot of those 99 sensibilities or whatever, but mm-hmm. um I describe it as cute and goofy, but in good ways on my other box. So overall, so what do we think about the Scream franchise then? So I'm I feel like there's only really a handful of horror franchises that I've actually watched like more than like two movies of like Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, some of the Jason shits, Saws. Like from you, from your perspective, what do you what do you think about the series in totality? I honestly think that the first three are really solid narrative chunk like three has a lot of problems and i'm not here to minimize those problems but they commit to those problems 120 percent. and the idea that at the end she is comfortable enough that it's over that she has a strange man in her house and the door blows open and she's like you know what it's over it's fine yeah and i was like you know what yes Yes, Queen. Like, I am so glad. Like, I felt like at the end of Scream 3, even though, like, the mystery part of Scream 3 was definitely the weakest. Yeah. The character arcs all ended. And I was like, wow. Wow. So good. You go, everybody. Um, In that sense, it was a successful trilogy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Even though the third installment was the weakest which I believe Randy does make a crack about in his videotape. Um, <laughs> but like <laughs> Scream 4 to me was perhaps more competently made than Scream or Scream 4 was more competently made than Scream 3. However, its competency and its unwillingness to commit to the stuff that made the first three Screams unique was disappointing to me and it really made it feel like the redheaded stepchild of the scream franchise by the way the killer in scream five is going to be the redheaded stepchild uh in case you were wondering um (laughs) you see sid's father has gotten remarried and his wife has an evil stepchild uh who (laughs) jeez but like you see what i mean where i'm like at least like if, if Scream 5 commits to the bit in any way, shape, or form, I will appreciate it, even if it's not great. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Scream 4 was like, we showed you all those bits from Stab. We're in on it. And like, no. No, you're not. Like, that was a cameo fest. And like, <laughs> it must have been like, this is, I don't mean this is a dig at all, right? But like, imagine you're Wes Craven, right? And you've been making like horror with like a capital H for a long time, right? Yeah. And you get to direct these series of like four to five minute shorts that don't have to connect to anything at the beginning of your movie. That must be super fun. I hope he had a great time with that. <laughs> it, yeah. it seems like they had a good time. Which is like fine, but like 
part of the screen movies was also like I bought the direct like the actors like were friends like they didn't have to be friends in real life but, like I bought their friendships like in the movies yeah and like I didn't really buy it in this one I feel like they were like oh we're the popular girls and like uh and like we're hanging out with these cinema club like losers but like it's fine so I was like yep get murdered like <laughs> and like I feel really bad about that but like part of the abject horror of scream one was that some people got murdered who like weren't even like characters that mattered yeah like Casey and Steve we only knew for five minutes they didn't matter yeah the characters at the beginning of this one I guess they didn't matter I forgot people got murdered at the beginning of Scream 4, by the way. I just had to look it up. Um, <laughs> oh, and wasn't it one of them like a a, 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 a young-ass girl? Not just her friend. Yeah, she was like, like 13. Like, she had braces. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that was also upsetting. But whatever. Um, threw her eyes a little fucking well, window. That was wild. Because, like, this is the thing I think you and I have talked about recently is that, like, I feel that Michael Myers is maybe a demon and maybe a ghost and whatever, right? I don't know. We don't we don't need to know what he is. But if yeah. you've noticed, he never kills the little kids. Yeah. He only kills the people who don't take care of them. Ooh. Because the reason he I think looking at at several Halloween films, the reason that he killed his sister was because his sister was supposed to be taking care of him. And she didn't. And so he wow. has it out against people who are supposed to take care of children and aren't. Hey. Um... Because there's a sequence in like 2018 Halloween where you see him like see a family and the parents are really engaged with the kids and he just keeps walking. Oh yeah, the black family. Yeah. That. And like the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, all right, yeah, okay. So like he's got like an ethos and it's a weird ethos. And like also one of the Halloween kills trailers implies he's gonna murder a baby. Um, which Yeah, that was odd. Would, would completely derail that ethos, but like at least I get it. Yeah. And like, like in Scream, it seems like Ghostface has has a plot, right? Like he's got an idea in mind, but also he's gonna kill some people just to make a statement. And Scream 4, it seems like he's got like a hit list of the people that won't said they wouldn't go to prom with him. Yeah. And like in a post school normalized school shooting environment like 2011, that it, it, it doesn't land surrealistly in the way those other movies do because it just yeah. seems like a guy with a checklist who brought a knife to school. Yeah. And and the lack of bits as well makes it seem like maybe they knew that and didn't want to make light of that, which I think makes it worse. Yeah, because... It doesn't fit at all. And Scream 3 was what, 2006? Uh, no. That was when I was in high school. I think it was 2000. 2000. Two. 2000, yeah. Yeah. And Scream 4 was 2011. 2011. I don't know. I just think there's just something kind of irresponsible about these these teenagers wouldn't have murdered if one had gotten laid and the other one didn't get 
that her boyfriend didn't lay so much. I just, that's, 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 that's a hard ass sell. That is a hard fucking sell. I mean, also, like, if we're going to be um, a little more intense about it, uh, like, I'm just looking at a list of, well, this is kind of not not here or there, really. But, like, I just Googled a list of uh, college campus, like, shootings and mass murders. And when, well, hear me out, though. When Scream 2 came out, in 1999, the last on-campus mass murder at a college had been almost 10 years ago. So, you know, like, I kind of get it, right? Like, okay, okay, this isn't a thing that happens a lot, so we could make a movie like that. Yeah. And in 2011, let's let's take a look at... Virginia Tech was like 2007. 2009, 2007, yeah. 2007. Uh, in... 2000 okay this is 2012 2011 one two three there were three that was the year that gabby giffords was shot in the head in a parking lot oh wow in 2010 there was a mass shooting in downtown manchester connecticut oh right 2009 was the fort hood army base totally forgot about that that's wild so like to do a straight mass murder movie when none of the other ones were playing it straight, it doesn't yeah. land. Like, if anything, and I get that they're probably not trying to, like, make fun of victims or whatever, but, like, don't... Then don't make the movie. Make a different movie. Yeah. And, like, I... I feel bad, right? Because, like, Wes Craven is dead. And, like, I don't think that he has an opportunity to res- reflect all these years later. Obviously, he's dead. But, like, he doesn't I mean, have the opportunity to... <laughs> if he could, that's a fun That'd be weird. Trick. Um, watch. I'm going to, like, talk a bunch of shit. And then, like, an angel of the Lord is going to descend and just, like, chuck a scroll at me and be like, it's from Wes. And, like, I'm going to have to just deal with being the sacred holder of Wes Craven's, like, yelling at me in heavenly scroll. Um, And it's only gotten worse since then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if that's why it's the one that's aged the worst. Probably. Probably. Like, so, well, I, I guess it's actually kind of if we kind of think about this and kind of extrapolate it to like kind of a larger kind of societal point. Scream 5 should, better should, be about adults killing other adults is all I'm should, saying. So from your perspective, then, should horror movies not so closely mirror reality? That's a really tough question. Um. Because, like, I don't know. I think there's something, like, I watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, recently. And that's a lot of murdering of high school kids. Yeah. All, all Friday 13th yeah. movies are, yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Nightmare on Elm Street, but. Yeah. Friday 13th. 13. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, there's a supernatural element there. And as much as I love the, like, serial killer element of the scream movies it gets itchy um and when it's played really straight 
I think it gets itchier because like that's not a horror movie for some people. That's their life. And if you're not going to acknowledge that that's some people's life, like if you're not going to acknowledge that aspect, but also play it straighter than any of the previous movies you've done and you're trying so hard to not make a statement on it either way that it ends up seeming like you could accidentally be aggrandizing the murderer at the end. Yeah. Like, that's a little much. I feel like you got to pick a lane. You either got to be making a gritty horror movie about what it's like being a high schooler in an American town where you could be killed at school, or you have to make a movie about, God, teenagers are such idiots. But you can't split the difference. I don't know. Or maybe maybe you can, but Scream 4 did not successfully do that. I don't know if people who make horror movies are that sophisticated to do that. And I think that's my... I think overall... That's probably think, my problem with horror movies in general. I don't think a lot of them are really sophisticated. I think they could be. I, I don't think writing out the whole genre is fair. But it has to be a perfect storm of things. But how many movies have that perfect storm, though? Um, I can't, I can't describe Get Out as a perfect storm, but I do think it's the closest. But I think that's that- an earnest attempt. But would you consider that more of a thriller or horror genre, though? I think it's got a foot in each. But that's what I like about the original Screams. I feel like they've got a foot in each. I'm like, they're dick in comedy. Mm. I think I think that is... I think I'm someone from, from the 80s, 90s kid. All the horror shit I saw and grew up on was nothing but slasher flicks. So that's that's kind of my sort of thing as far as like that's all bottom level I just want to get asses in the seats I just want to see titties on the screen kind of movies basically and that's well, why I me, appreciate Scream so much well that's what I'm saying like that like and I feel like in the in the late 80s 90s like before Scream like really kind of commenting on you know, these movies are completely these sort of one note bullshits or whatever. I feel like that middle when I was super young and impressionable, impressionable kind of watching these movies, like I feel like that's kind of all horror really was like. Mm-hmm. Can I like, can I make a request? I don't remember what we decided we're doing for next session, but could could we go back and do some like vintage like well and proper like horror horror like not slasher horror so what what would you say would kind of fall into that category though the haunting so what is that about so the haunting is a um i'll just read you the imdb blurb because i don't want to spoil it for you but it's a haunted house subgenre Hill House has stood for about 90 years and appears haunted. Its inhabitants have always met strange, tragic ends. Now, Dr. John Markway has assembled a team of people who he thinks will prove whether or not the house is haunted. 
And so I watched, I'm very certain I watched the remake of that in 98 with Tay Diggs. Yeah, it sucks. That's not, that's why we're doing the original, not the remake. Because the remake is bad, even though it has Catherine Zeta Jones. But like, no, we're, no, we're doing the original. We're not doing the remake. Oh, no. Oh, no. So that, the haunting from 99. Um, that's different from the one I'm talking about. Wow. Uh, wow. So, and also, you can kind of backtrack. You can kind of backtrack on. So, for me and Novice, w- Slasher just kind of gore and death. Yes. So, what but separates... That's, that's why it's different than horror. What separates good horror from bad horror, from your perspective? Hmm. What an excellent question. So one thing that I think is is worth considering is that good horror isn't necessarily going to scare you in the way that a slasher movie is trying to do. Okay. Good horror is going to keep you up at night thinking about it. Okay. And also it's worth considering that good horror for me might not be good horror for you. Because we live different lives and experiences. So I think that, but oftentimes horror and good horror is taking you and putting you in the shoes of somebody else who is living a life that you couldn't imagine. Whether that is because they are a different gender than you or a different race or a different type of person or an alien, it should change how you see humans and make you think about it too much. All right. Are you big Jennifer Bodies gal? I'm not big. I remember I watched, like, I caught some of it on, I don't know, maybe it was on, like, HBO or something. And I was like... This seems better than everybody said it was. Oh, it's a it's a cult classic. I would definitely say a lot of people would would say it's a cult classic. But also, like, why did we all hate Jennifer Fox? You're Megan Fox. Megan Fox, excuse me. Um, on a, in a from a societal sense, it's I guess it's one of those things to where women that are sexy. And especially like a pop culture sense, they have like such a short, like short shelf life that they just get kind of fucked over in the fuckery of uh, the patriarchy, basically. Um, and the and Jennifer Biden was supposed to be like the movie to to put like put her over, mm-hmm. and then when it kind of failed, like Hollywood basically like like discarded like uh, discarded of her after that. But there's there's a ton of people who really fuck with it. Transformers was another thing that that was supposed to be something that I put her over. She was in like the first. She was in the first one pretty heavily. She was in the second one, I, if I remember correctly. She was in there like quasi-ly. But then it's like she didn't really do anything in those movies to like really break her. So like she just got kind of discarded. Um, but a lot of people, a lot of people really fuck with Jennifer's body. 
I, I still remember the trailer, the I go both ways thing. That was that was kind of a hard sell. That was that was well, there's a, a lot of really interesting, and this is stuff that like I'm interested in because I would like to pursue marketing eventually, where like it's pretty obvious, like watching the trailers for Jennifer's body and looking at the posters for Jennifer's body versus the movie. Yeah. That like they were marketing for a different audience than the intended audience of the picture. And that may be entirely because of Megan Fox. I think like I mean, they were, they wanted the horny fanboys to come and then the horny fanboys came and were like, but where's my Megan Fox lesbianism? Yeah. They wanted that. Cause I could turn her straight. Um, Hilarious. And like that never happened for them anyway. Yeah. In this essay. I didn't do shit like uh, Sunday night, but the only thing I did watch was um, fucking Euphoria. And uh, that show is fucking nuts. Uh, have you watched Euphoria? No, but I, I'm on TikTok, so I know all the memes. Um, Hilarious. <laughs> I just like... I have such limited bandwidth in my life for things right now. Like I just finished Hawkeye and I actually really liked Hawkeye. Um, But I didn't start Hawkeye until all of Hawkeye was out. So I could just watch it whenever I wanted. (laughs) Okay. And I managed to completely avoid spoilers for it. Um, I don't see anyone really talking about it. To be honest. I feel like I saw a lot about it when it first came out. Yeah. Like, Wednesday, I think the Marvel shows come out on Wednesday. So like Thursday morning, I just knew to stay off of Twitter until like three in the afternoon. Yeah. And then I was just missed it. So for someone like me who I'm not, I'm, I'm like 60% sure. I'm like 60%. I'm probably going to eventually watch um, Dr. Strange and um What's her face? Roman, not Romanoff, but um, Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm ninety percent sure I'm not watching any television show. So was there anything from Hawkeye that I I heard that the only thing I actually heard was that the end of Spider Verse. Well, you watch not Spider Verse, but end of the last Spider Man. You watch the last Spider Man, right? I did. Yes. The only thing I heard about Hawkeye was that the end of um, uh, No Way Home or Far From Home or Home Eviction was it, it ties into the end of Hawkeye when Kingpin appears. Yes. Um, okay. I actually liked Hawkeye, I would say the second most of any of the TV shows because it's about it's it's about white collar crime. Okay. All right, like nobody, there's no sky portals. There's no, no one can fly. Okay. Like it is, Hawkeye is like, oh, Jesus Christ, I have to deal with this shit. And, <laughs> and his, his new little friend slash sidekicks, like, and I can help. And he's like, and I have to look after your dumbass. And like, it's, <laughs> it's about that. And also, we get a little bit of Yelena from uh, Black Widow. Okay, yeah, and I, I think her her characterization is really good. Um, you know, she is constantly looking for someone to fill the void that Natasha left. 
specifically because she doesn't know what happened to her. And oh, 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 Hawkeye yeah. never told her. They so she she and Hawkeye have never met. Oh, okay. Um, because he had heard of her but didn't know how to find her. Um. Oh, that's right. She was at his grave at the end of the show. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so they never found each other. Um, but I thought the way that a lot of the show is solved with just good old fashioned hand to hand. And like I said, no one can fly. No one has a metal arm. Like everyone's just, it's a, it's a fight. People fight. Um, and then some of it is solved by talking. Okay. And all I was right. just like, wow, all right, you know, it, it's also only six episodes. Um <laughs> so I was just like, you know, this was like they had a story, they told the story, they ended the story. Yeah. And also, I love Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. Like I I love Oh, they brought him, him back. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's cool. So and he is very good. Did um, you like Daredevil? okay so you know how i get about tv (laughs) yeah um i watched the first season of daredevil in like five days i watched the first half of the second season and i was like i love it this is so good and i have been on season two episode eight of daredevil for five years now six years i just I was enjoying it. I was into it. And then one day I didn't select it on Netflix and I never selected it again, which is what happens to me with TV a lot. Even if I like it. Um, that happens to me too. I would like, I think when you feel when a show is kind of running its course, you're just like, I don't need to finish this. And for the most part, actually, I'm not going to lie. I would say, about half and half i'm a completionist but there's just some points i just like hit the eject button like i hit the eject button on a lot of tv shows growing up um i hit i hit the eject button on fucking um winter soldier and um, falcon like i watched like two and a half episodes i wish i hit the eject button on that the only thing that i liked about that show is it had a needle drop of one of my favorite fairly indie songs and i was like nice um hilarious that's fun but i it it made a mockery of one of my favorite marvel comics of all time which is uh red white and black truth um or red black and blue truth yeah i think that's what it's called red black and blue um which was discontinued after 9-11 because they felt it sullied the captain america brand in a time when people needed unsullied captain america (laughs) but it's it is a comic about the people that they experimented on before the oh. super serum was done. That sounds pretty smart. It is, and it's it's uh I think Isaiah is is the character that they use in Falcon and Winter Soldier. He's in it, but it should be the show should be about Sam Wilson trying to decide if he wants to accept the Captain America mantle with the new information that was given to him by Isaiah. Yeah. With the support of Bucky Barnes. Yeah. Instead, we got a terrorist organization that's objectively correct. (laughs) 
And they have to take their American ideals, which we spent a whole episode talking about how they didn't serve them to fix it. Like, it'd be one thing if they had American agent versus the Captain America that is now Hawkeye. Hawkeye is not sure he wants to be Captain America, or not Hawkeye, um, Falcon is not sure that he wants to be Captain America. You know, that back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. That would have been enough. That would have been plenty. That could have sustained six episodes. Make it a prestige drama about Oof. race and understanding in America. Have it culminate with a fight between literally the person in the black and red with the tight shoulder pads <laughs> and and the red, white, and blue like literal eagle allegory. Yeah. And the idea, it, it honestly, what it should have been about, and Marvel will never in a million years do this, but it should have been about people not ex- uh, accepting a black Captain America and how difficult that is for Sam because he believes in it. This is not it, making anything like that. <laughs> no, but that's what it should have been about. And if, I don't know, I, I, it's what it should have been about. And, and seeing all those potential avenues throughout it made me like it so much less. Um, I like Daredevil a lot. I never finished it. Um, I think Charlie Cox is amazing. I love the way that he acts. Um, I think some of their, the ways that they, materialize supernatural blindness and the the kind of powers that come with that as like a mutation yeah are really strong i think that the characterizations of karen and foggy are really good um i really like the launch pad they used for punisher and also like the kind of dynamic between him and Rosario Dawson. I like Kingpin. I I like every like element. You know, the funny thing is, speaking of shows, I gave up on like I I totally gave up on Punisher. Um, and I didn't never even started it. I never even. I don't think I necessarily disliked it, but I just kind of gave up on it. Um, but I did like Daredevil though, and it was pretty cool just seeing him. It it sounds funny. It was cool seeing him and the last home movie for spider-man but it was like the way they resolved that kind of loosened oh yeah you're gonna go to jail for life well maybe not (laughs) it's like what it really just felt like they brought that in just to show charlie cox's face and then just to get the fuck out of there to get to the bad guys well so i do think that it it is part and hawkeye is also doing this of reminding us that technically those are mcu programming um, yeah, and they've always been technically MCU programming, so they're trying to get those faces back out there because I think they're going to be more involved going forward. And I'm honestly really excited about that. Um, I don't know if you've read any of the stories about Charlie Cox, but supposedly he feels he has blown several auditions because he played a a blind character for years and years, and he had a really hard time characterizing not not like that anymore he's really struggled with making eye contact with people because that's not what daredevil did and that was the only consistent role he had for a lot of years hmm. and huh. and i hope that he gets another shot at something big screen because the last one i can think of is stardust the neil gaiman film adaptation which is a great book but like yikes that film adaptation 
<laughs> um, I don't remember him other than Daredevil. Shit, I don't remember seeing him in anything, honestly. Um, I'm looking right now at his um looking at his movie shit on Letterboxd, and I don't know any of these fucking movies. Holy shit. Yep, he was in Stardust. I remember that. Uh, he was a movie called Stone of Destiny. So I remember Boardwalk Empire as a show. I never watched it. He was on that. Yeah. Oh my God, Luke Cage. Speaking of shows, I gave up on. Whenever they made Luke Cage dab, I <laughs> I I watched an episode of that, and I went, "This feels racist." I'm not sure if it is racist, but it feels racist. I think I'm gonna wait on this one. Yo. Lucy Lou had my man looking into a camera, breaking the fourth wall and just dabbing. That shit was so terrible. Yo, uh, I think that was Lucy Lou. That was Lucy Lou that did that shit, right? Like, oh my god, I, I don't remember. I watched one episode of it when I was in college. Oh man, that was one too many episodes. I forgot the dude from uh, Game of Thrones is. Um, one of these fucking heroes, whatever his name is, Iron Fist. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I never got into that one. I didn't care. Um, but yeah, no, I, um, I'm excited, and I hope that we get an opportunity to have a a on a good on screen representation. I still actually stand by the Ben Affleck movie more than I probably should, but <laughs> an updated representation of Daredevil for for this century and also because like there are so many little little disabled kids that look up to him and also to cyclops you know kids who who can't see and marvel has not been great at like any sort of disability sensitivity oh yeah um so i think they have an opportunity here um i'll be interested to see if they take it i hope they do it seems like they're trying to. Um, well, yeah, if they bring it back in the fold, um, which I don't know if that means another movie. I don't. Oh well, I don't know if that means a movie or another third season of Daredevil. But um, I think he'd be pretty good. I like he was a pretty good guy. Yeah, of those defenders people, he was probably the best one. So I agree. I also like like John Berthall as Punisher. I know that he's probably not going to come back in the MCU because I don't know if you've noticed, uh, but they, they good guys or even, even protagonists, I won't even say good guys don't really use guns recently. Oh, um, I mean, really the only people that use guns in any, any of the movies was Captain America, but that was in the very first movie. Mm-hmm. And so since then he only uses uh shield after that, I'm, the only I'm specifically use... examining post end game gun use. Oh yeah, I was gonna say the only the last time was in um end game in Affinity War, and that was mm-hmm. just um what's his face? Um oh my god, the guy with the one arm, but Bucky Barnes I'm who's named, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no one and else he uses has like handguns, but we don't see him use automatic weaponry anymore, like okay we don't so that in and of itself is is a statement by marvel it's a subtle one but it exists and i'm grateful for it 
<laughs> um, and also, I, I'm not I'm not going to watch um, Eternals probably. Like maybe. So that's all this that's... to say. I think Loki is the best Marvel television show because it is about the difference between self love and narcissism, and how those can be be learned and unlearned. Um, and right. I, I think that's a really interesting message, even though I didn't love the way that it ended. All right. Well, um, what did you think about what if? Didn't finish it. Okay. So, <laughs> so I'm guessing you're not going to watch the second season of it then. Um, I am probably going to pick and choose episodes because um, that wound up being what I did with what if. Um, I really uh-huh. cared about Captain Carter because um, Peggy oh, Carter yeah. is one of my favorite characters in, in the MCU in fiction period. Um, and she came to me right at the right time in my life. Like she yeah. came to me when I was a little girl and, and her TV show came out when I was a freshman and sophomore in high school, I think. Or might have been junior okay. and senior, but it doesn't matter um, because watching a, a woman in a room full of men said, I know my value, what everyone else thinks comes far second. Like that, that was important to me as a little girl. Yeah. Um, well, how did the episode go? Was it a good episode? It was a very good episode. Um, right. To the point where like, I, I'm not going to say I'll cosplay it, but like I definitely have been looking into getting a suit. All right. And FYI, you definitely should. When, when cosplaying, actually, let's actually talk about that. So... I, I, well, I can't I decide if should. I want to do Captain Carter or if I want to do just TV show femme fatale is a competent woman. Peggy Carter is the only competent woman who's allowed to be feminine in the MCU. And they relegated her to a TV show. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I would say her and a couple, couple of women from Black Panther, but I mean, Black Widow. I mean, yeah. She's she's punished for being feminine when she's fridged. <laughs> she is. She absolutely is. You're right. Like you see, Peggy Carter live a long life. Oh, okay, and so in Black, the woman of Black Widow, um, Black Panther, you haven't seen that yet. So no, and and she also subverts feminism by being feminine, or I would say like the Marvel feminism. Um, so there's something really appealing to me about like getting a well-fit, well-tailored dress and doing the big hair and the lipstick and and being very feminine to to knowing that we'll get the information out of men, but also knowing that like she went dancing sometimes. Like she had friends. <laughs> um, and she's also one of the only examples of strong female friendships in the MCU. The whole um, first season of her show is her becoming friends with um, an automat waitress, and and they end up moving in next door to each other. And she does lie to her, and she hurts her feelings, but she makes an active point to make it up to her because she values her as a person, even though she's not like directly useful to the plot. Yeah, and that's not a thing you see. In, in these other movies until really Natasha and Yelena. And even then, because it's retrospective, it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you know how like, it ends before it starts. And they like uh, hate each other like what, 90% of that movie for the most part? Yeah. 
Um, and I was, you know, the funny thing is, I, I it literally just hit me. Other than that, you don't see female, uh, you don't see women superheroes in any MCU actually conversing. Other than that, and then that the whole <laughs> in in um uh, in game when they're like they do the woman power segment, which yes. <laughs> I so I got it. I I totally got it in the moment, but it it really just sticks out as yo. We just got to get something in here. Let's just do it right now. Is oh my god. Yeah. So all the men are on lunch. Uh, do you have a minute to just uh, come over here and stand? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, oh my god. What's what's the what's the one name uh, that that was controlling Thanos's mind? Uh, uh, Mantis, like yeah. they had her in an attack stance, and it just looks so pitiful. <laughs> it looks so but also, silly. like Mantis, Mantis is a, a wonderful character who I appreciate very much. And all of the jokes against, like, all of the jokes in Guardians 2 pretty much are specifically about abusing her. Oh, yeah, yeah, and revisiting that recently like part of me wants to think like that's just ego's thing right like he he only has women to to hurt them and discard them but like no i've always thought guardians 2 suck just fyi oh no i i actually think guardians 2 is a really good portrait of uh like parental trauma and that i think i've talked about before like trickle down toxic masculinity um, and how that turns into a wrecking ball of trauma at a certain point. I think it's a really compelling portrait of that. Everything else in that movie, I think, needs work. But specifically the Star-Lord-Ego relationship and how that snowballs into a lot of Peter Quill's problematic behaviors super lands for me. And, like, I I get that and I see that and I get I get everything in that relationship. I like that relationship. I think that is probably the most impeccably laid out sequel plot in a Marvel movie. Unfortunately, though, because it's a Marvel movie and it has to be two and a half hours long, they'd have to put other things in there. And those other things to me do not feel nearly as cared for as that central conflict. Oh, yeah, I I gave it a two star on Letterboxd, so. That wasn't that wasn't really my shit at all. So, which is totally fair, but I will defend that aspect of the movie. No problem, no problem. But speaking of defending the aspect of that movie, Screen Five or Five Cream, if you prefer. And and I think that like making her the murderer now would be. So goddamn boring. Go. But also, I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna be that person, but I am absolutely about to be that person. Um, for some, for a movie that gave a surprisingly nuanced portrait of of mental illness, even though they did not devote a ton of time to it, the idea that they would immediately turn around and be like, and that same mental illness now made her a murderer. Um, yeah, that would be is cheap. is yeah. shit. Um, yeah. I'm not even trying to be like pedantic about it, but like they no, clearly yeah. breathe new life into that trope by having her not be the murderer. 
by having her do the right thing consistently when like in every like even um anthony is it anthony no it's uh psycho the main guy in psycho yeah anthony hopkins yeah no no um anthony perkins yeah um they describe him as psychotic so the idea that you would use an actual disorder of which most of the people who have it are not murderers yeah. and make someone who has that particular affliction your hero is a subversion of that to then turn around and be like surprise she was actually also a murderer i would have to tap out of the scream franchise entirely yeah because that to me shows a, a, a level of disrespect that they actively tried to position themselves as above so if they chose not to weigh in on it at all and then did that i'd be like all right fine like it's but it's a trope so i get it but the idea that yeah. they actively subverted the trope by making her the damsel still or the final girl still whatever you want to describe her as yeah they earned a lot of my respect with that yeah um, well now these these are you know white men we're dealing with so you know they may they may fuck you over you never know they they may but also <laughs> if they to me if they wanted to do a scream thing again I think they're in the home the home stretch for me to start over with a full reboot. I would be so I say we don't need Scream Six, but I'm I'm fairly certain seven out of ten, I'm fairly certain I will watch Scream Six. So I might. I mean, well, they're gonna have to kill Nev. Like they're gonna have to kill or 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 Gail. One of them gotta yeah. go. Well, that was the other thing that I think didn't super land about Scream 4 was they were like, it's serious, it's real, it's personal. And I was like, but not for any of the serious, real, personal people. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you didn't even murder Patrick Dempsey from Scream 3. He just isn't there. Um, They, like, they wrote him out. Like, he's just... Well, okay, so in Scream 3, or in Scream 4, he was busy shooting a transformers movie (laughs) hilarious and i don't know why he wasn't in this one um but he should have been because i think the idea of of having just a moment like i still really like neve campbell's performance i think she does a great job but having a moment of him being like are you sure you want to do this and her being like yeah i it's the only thing i can do to protect us yeah and him being like i respect you like huge Huge. I would love to see an example of a relationship that works in these movies instead of just hearing about it over the phone. Um, <laughs> Hilarious. Very true. Very, very true. And we just talked about Matthew Lillard turning 52 today. Nev Campbell is 50 and 50 is treating her right. Yeah, no. Um, respectfully, if she's uh, if she she ever wants to, to go on a date, um, I, I well, you're never, taking, you're taking. Um, I am I'm, not. I'm, so. <laughs> I'm never busy if she's asking. Um, Jeez, hilarious! Imagine if we use this podcast to get you a date. Double, a double. <laughs> That'd be fucking excellent. <laughs> That'd be fucking excellent. I yeah no, we'd have to cancel the podcast after that. Like, what I mean, else we, would what else would it I be mean, for? There's nowhere else point? to go. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, there's nowhere else to fucking go after that, man. Shit. Oh, man. So, 
oh, if they if they did scream six, they had to kill like Gail. Like the first, that Gail had to be the first kill. I think it would it would have to be Gail or Nev, or I think if they chose to finally bring back Mark, but they made it in her and Sid, uh, his and Sydney's home. So the idea that it literally happens in Patrick Dempsey and Nev Campbell's home. Yeah. I could buy that as a first kill. I think, well, I think they just were like the, um, actually, I think one of them needs to die by the end, but. So yeah, I think killing Nev the first scene would be 10 out of 10, which I'm totally for, Mm -hmm. but I think like you have to have her at least toward the end to keep, I don't want to say to keep the audience, but it would be more intriguing if it, if it was Gail that got killed first scene and then we see like Sydney like die trying to protect like a little baby or some shit like that. So well see, that's why I think it should be Mark then Gail then Sydney if they were doing that. I will fuck with that. Yeah. I think I think the logical conclusion is that Gail would come to Sydney, Gail would get axed. Yeah. Sam would come to Sydney also and try to help because Sydney had helped her. And then yeah. Sam would be the one that would actually take Ghostface out and walk away and become this series actual Sydney. Yeah, I can see it. Um, but also relatedly, Scream Six doesn't need to happen. I think this is I think this is a great place to leave it. But I mean, they even commented on Hollywood just going back to the well of you know ip so mm-hmm. it's like it, it just feels inevitable it feels like we're gonna get the screen five was so successful scream six 2024 it just feels inevitable but i mean yeah but it hasn't made a lot of money um i thought it did decent i think i thought it made 85 it did million i think yeah okay but it it 50 million did it 50 oh, million Spider-Man keeps beating it. I mean, oh no, it is 85 million. I see the box. Is office. that worldwide? Um because I am sure. seeing 34 million opening weekend, 11.7 million second weekend. I'm going to box. Oh, come on now. Stop playing with me. So we're going to box office. Mojo. Yep, domestic box office. Oh, yeah, it 51. is. Total. Yeah. Yeah. Worldwide box office, what I'm seeing is 69. Nice. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but it's, I would, I mean, and also, you know, COVID, keeping everything relative as far as it's a concern. Yes. I, I would I say it's a know, good movie. A I don't movie. know how relative studios will keep stuff like this in the next couple of years, especially the studios that chose not to release things onto streaming as well. Um, that's not me trying to be a shady queen. That's just me being practical. Um, (laughs) you know, I, I think at the end of the day, um, if they were to do scream six, this is going to sound shitty, but like, I need them to earn it because scream five is. And that kind of scream five is good, (laughs) but that's the thing. That's where you have to go off the top rope. First scene, Gail out of there not we're playing we're playing for real this time we're not so, we're not playing any games this time i think the cold open's got to be mark 
I think the second kill has got to be Gail. I think the second scene has got to be a shot for shot back and forth with Sydney finding Mark and Gail running from the same person or at least another ghost face. And then she's hiding. She thinks she's finally gotten away. Sydney calls Gail. Sydney calling Gail and that ringing is the thing that notifies Ghostface where she is. Gail gets killed. Because if you're so, gonna, if you're gonna make fun of the what's your favorite scary movie phone ringing expectation, lean in, lean in, bitch. Um, hilarious. So we'll we'll dismount on this. So they're filming. Uh, speaking of uh, franchises that may run its course so they're currently filming Halloween Kills well uh, Halloween Ends uh, they're Halloween currently filming that Kills Kills I know uh, what's, what fucking city is this um, what fucking city oh Savannah they're filming it well everything gets filmed in fucking Georgia but yeah. they're filming it in Georgia now they're hiring extras now um, you want to meet yeah. in Georgia and <laughs> Halloween ends. Halloween ends. Is that the first time shit. we're gonna meet in person? Well, on the set of Halloween ends. I I like see you across the way, and then all of a sudden, but right behind you, I see Jamie Lee Curtis, and I'm waving at Jamie Lee Curtis and not you. <laughs> oh shit! Hey, cat! I was talking to I'm talking Jamie, to Jamie Lee Curtis. Lee. <laughs> you mind if she takes her spot on the podcast i think she'd be good at it um oh uh, no never never no but really really what i'm imagining is the final showdown of of jamie lee and and michael myers and us just sitting at a desk behind it being like all right folks and here we have our contenders <laughs> for the evening we have michael myers weighing in at an impressive 240 pounds six foot eight inches tall uh if they need commentary on the Michael Myers versus Carrie Schroed showdown, I am totally up for that. Mega up for that. Lori. Lori. I'll say Carrie. God damn it. Uh, Carrie. Carrie Schroed, the, the lost <laughs> sister, the, the abandoned sister that she never knew comes back. <laughs> oh, man. Well, there we oh, go. My- That's the dismount, I guess. You know something I absolutely die laughing. You remember in the in the movie when um Sam introduced herself to Dewey for the first time? Yes. And she's like, I I'm like, I'm Sam Carpenter. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, I laughed. I fucking laughed. I got it. I don't know if anyone else got it in the theater. I fucking got it. That shit was funny. <laughs> Anyway, all this to say, if you're making an unnecessary sequel to your decent movie, please <laughs> take some care. Take care, definitely. Um, can I just say, though, the fact that Gordon Green is making a movie about like how Disneyland got built... <laughs> You're still on this. You're you're still fucking in the game for this. I don't know how to feel. He's like doing the Halloween movies and then he's doing this movie about Disneyland and then he's remaking the Conjuring trilogy. And I'm like, what a weird 
goddamn breaker like icebreaker movie in between like i mean you gotta get these checks man the bills don't stop the bills yeah but also like what is he gonna do like i i was i've been thinking about this a lot and i was like we already have saving mr banks like what are you going to do with the format of like walt disney is nice to people comma is conniving businessman comma gets what he wants period like what else are we gonna do when was the last good documentary you watched it's been a while for me it's been a fucking while Um, there's a really good one for free on youtube about a band that used to perform at disneyland uh called halix yeah Um, you told me about that and uh i mean i can kind of brag because like i know the person who made it a little bit um, I re I like I read one of his uh scripts and it's really good. Um let's see. There are a couple really good documentaries on the Streets of Fire Blu-ray that I got. Um, but I'm not counting those because those aren't like movie movies. Um hmm. um the showgirls one you mentioned was really good. Oh, you watched it. I did. I need to watch it again because I watched it, but I was like kind of half asleep. Um, but oh, no. I, I really enjoyed it and I engaged with it a lot considering how out of it I was, um, which <laughs> should say a lot. Um, it was pretty good. Um, the last like great documentary I watch, well, th- actually that doesn't count as a documentary, but um, there's this, uh, well, an enjoyable one I watched that was decent was um this shit 24 by 34 i'm sorry 24 by 36 it's like this documentary on movie posters and about how they're kind of how they were born and how they kind of had a resurgence but mm-hmm. now it's just more so uh people being slaves to basically cap- capitalism and resale culture yeah so i thought it was interesting but uh, it's for on sure. youtube it's for free uh, it looks like the last one I watched all the way through that wasn't the Showgirls one was the Queen and Adam Lambert story, which I did quite like, but that might just be because I really like Queen. Um, <laughs> like, I, I struggle to be impartial about them, uh, particularly. Oh, some things you need to be impartial about. Fuck it. Yeah. You wouldn't have such a cool co-host if I, if I wasn't such a Queen fan. Hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I haven't watched a lot recently. Um, I have watched a really interesting one about like line physics and queuing at theme parks, um, but it's not really like a movie. It's more like an extended video essay, but right. it kind of is a documentary. Like, I don't know. It's really good. It's by Defunct Land if you haven't watched it, folks at home. I've um, I've been doing like a lot of YouTubing on even just kind of the science not well, maybe not science or the right word, but like basically like the production of film mm-hmm. and um, kind of thought processes from directors, um, cinematography, like lighting and shit like that. So I watch a lot of that shit, just like um, when it comes have to you, my algorithm. Have you watched any uh, Patrick Patrick H. Willems ever? Uh, no, who's not? Okay. He is a, a video essayist and he's really good and he has a lot of really great stuff that I think he would really appreciate. Um, specifically, I feel like his uh, biopic of musical biopics would be really, you'd really enjoy. 
um, but also his uh, comprehensive history of film needle drops okay. is really good. And he's like very smart and good. Um, and and I watch him a lot. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I know what you have to start with. Um, his his uh, Schumacher Batman <laughs> video. That's funny. Um, because it's about like reinterpreting it as a as an art piece in the 2010s and 2020s, um, where like queer culture is significantly more mainstream. Right. And like, yeah, I'm a big fan. Learning to appreciate Joel Schumacher's Batman. Yeah, I think you'll dig his stuff though. He's he's really cool. All right, guys. You survived another week's deleted scenes. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. And we normally don't release on Mondays, but uh, you know, kind of getting an, an early uh, summer vacation, so to speak. Um, but enjoy the Monday episode. And uh, later this week, though, we should have to come at you with a new episode. Uh, so until then, be easy. Love you. Bye. Follow Cat at Cat underscore Chinetti on Twitter. Twitch, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus, at Show and Mad Love, on Twitter and Letterboxd. Follow the show on Twitter, at Cat and Mark. Be sure to read us at catseasmovies.tumblr.com and themarkrob.wordpress.com. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenley. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained? They're showing Casablanca in the theater here. Go. And I will be going to that. I missed it at the Brattle, which is like the theater near me, and I'm so angry about it. (laughs) <laughs> but they also were showing it on like a tuesday so i was like okay, oh well yeah thanks um i don't know the next time i'm gonna see the batman though i i think you should wait until uh it's on home release i don't know man this i and you i, I know you say you don't like the the chase scene but it was so good i don't i don't <laughs> dislike it i just think it's too long Oh, these be longer. <laughs> oh man! But also, I'm... there is no accounting for taste. Hilarious. Um, um <sighs> I may have to give it five stars, man. I don't know. I don't fucking know, man. It's, but I'm trying to be as objective as possible, um, especially when I do my rankings of them. Other other Batman, um, but it's 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 really good, man. It's really good to me.